0: All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Unmothered and Unbothered podcast. It is your host, Precious Detina, and I have a special treat for you today. I have a visitor. Um, I have Black Cat, author of two books that she will discuss with you and explain how to find those books. And she is a podcast listener. And I'm so excited to have you here. How are you today? I'm doing good, Precious. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You can go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, uh, my name is Black Cat, as Precious Datina Precious said. Um, I found the podcast because I go through um, various bouts of sadness and... Um, Misery (laughs) reflected on my mom and our relationship. Mm -hmm. So, I often go out to look for platforms of people who are doing um, the type of work Precious Tatina is doing in terms of dealing with daughters of difficult, narcissistic mothers. And um, I went out, started searching around um, iTunes, didn't find anything close to what you're doing, Precious. So, Mm -hmm. you were the only one that I really saw out there that was doing this kind of work. And that's what drew me to you. Um, I love the format. I love how conversational the podcast is. And um, I'm just
0: really grateful you gave me a chance to get on here and talk to you guys today. Well, thank you. That makes me feel good to know that you were able to find me, but I will admit, Um, I do feel pretty good about it not being anything else out there like it. So I can draw, draw everybody in to try to help them because that's one of the reasons that I created it. I didn't see anything else that I needed, to be honest. So won't you tell us a little bit about your books?
1: Well, actually, I have two books. Thank you so much for bringing them up. Um, one is um, entitled, and prepare yourself for the long title here, guys, is <laughs> for the daughters of evil, fake, disrespectful, sabotaging, wishy-washing, lying ass, unkind, self-righteous, unappreciative, talk- toxic, never satisfied, manipulative, and unsupportive faux mothers. Um, so that's a really long title. <laughs> um, but you can find it on Amazon. And in my other book is They Call Us the Combative Ones the relationship between brave adult daughters of narcissistic mothers and the abusive workplace environments we are forced to eventually confront. Both of those on Amazon and that one's in relationship um, to after I finally got the courage to confront my mom, um, it gave me the strength and the courage to also confront the toxic workplace I lived in and um, to deal with workplace harassment and toxicity and all that good stuff. But it took, um, me confronting my mom and talking with her, as I described in um, my first book, mm-hmm. and that's what led me to um, actually freeing myself from the dangerous hold I was in in my job. And right. I was eventually able to, con- um, you know, confront the not only my harasser but those who enabled um, that person. So that's what that book's about. And it happened at a federal agency, and although I don't name the agency specifically, um, there's enough clues in there for people
0: to definitely find out who I'm talking about, which agency. Got it. Got it. So, you know, when I read your book title of the first one, I was like, she did not miss one trait. No, one characteristic. Every, every possible combination of mother is listed on here. Um, and I just really, really applaud you for stepping outside of the box and naming your book exactly what you wanted to name it. So I appreciate that. I, I, um, I, pre- I, I love that and I appreciate your transparency and I see on you have five star reviews on this book so guys definitely you should check it out. So. Thanks. <laughs> Let's okay. jump into your story I know you, uh, you enjoy the podcast and um, the format and some of the episodes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how this uh podcast and my content kind of resonates with you personally
1: well your content um, for me was the first time um i actually heard a woman of color in particular talk about a problematic relationship that she had with her mother like i had never ever seen that um especially in uh, minority communities you know mothers are almost idolized and held um God-like beings Mm -hmm. and when I heard you being honest about the situation you were going through um, I remember you telling the whole thing about buying your mom on the microwave go through all that trouble Mm -hmm. and she left it like it was nothing and you felt like you had you know a dagger in your heart that was something I immediately related to Um, my mom has issue my whole life if I gave her something she tried to get the receipt return it Thing that I put a lot of effort and time into to, she could give a crap about right and when I heard you telling that story about how that made you feel I was like oh yeah we are definitely kindred spirits because I felt the same way um so I heard that early on on um, that episode and I was hooked I unmothered unbothered something I listen to all the time oh. and every once in a while I refer to it when you know my mind kind of goes to a sadder place Um, When I think about my mom now these days, you kind of help me really balance out my feelings and try to, and you always seem to communicate in such a way that you don't feel like you're the only one out there with this situation.
0: So I thank you for that. Well, thank you. I, I know for a fact that I have an audience out there. I know when I'm talking, I never think no one is listening Right, Um, My social media doesn't always reflect my downloads. Um, When I can check my podcast two or three days apart and there are hundreds of plays in between a couple days, which is a lot. So that I I know that people are listening and um, it's hard because I wish they would kind of step forward more. But I understand, just as you said, there's such... Uh, black mothers are put on these pedestals and uh society has allowed them to feel as if they can treat their kids, specifically their daughters, however they would like. And um, we're supposed to love them and, and accept it anyway. Right? And, you know, it's that term. Well, that's still your mama. You know, that's your mama. Right. My mama. And you know, I had a whole episode about that because I don't want to hear it, you know. That's I mean? right. Um, and so I know that people are out there listening and they need to to kind of digest this content but it's up to them to come and to get it as they see fit so um why don't you talk a little bit about are, are you uh completely no contact with your mom do you have a limited contact with her right now and how did that kind of take place okay it um
1: my mom and i had our final Um, blow out I mean we pretty much just always kept things inside I've never um, said anything or um, confronted her in any way like I did the last time I saw her and so since June of 2016 um, I have not spoken to my mother we are completely no contact but not only did I have to go no contact with her but I had to go contact with what I in my book I call terracotta warriors the people who kind of defend the person doing the wrongdoing or the abuser. Mm -hmm. And I've had to go no contact with my whole family because no one believed me. No one believed my mom was treating me the way I said she was. No, but if they did in some way believe it was like, Oh, well, you know how she is. All this, but after 40 years, when I turned 40, I said, I am not going to deal with this anymore. She is no longer gonna be my problem. I'm not gonna let her to disrespect me. I'm not gonna let her disrespect my husband. I'm not gonna let her disrespect my life. I'm not gonna let her ridicule me and chastise me and use the Bible to tell me all day that I'm going to hell. I mean, it was, every time I saw my mom, her favorite thing to do is to find a way to get a rise out of me, Mm. to upset me, Mm. to disturb my peace to criticize me and I could not take it anymore. And so I tell you that, okay, so New Year's Eve of 2015, we got into, that's when the whole altercation thing happened. She was here visiting um, from California and she started just bad mouthing me and criticizing me. And I told her then, I said, mom, if you say 10 things out of the day, nine of them I don't believe because she's always been dishonest mm. and I told her I am finally standing up for myself and I'm proud of myself for um, speaking out and not allowing you to treat me like that anymore so um, we took it to the airport on January 1st 2016 to go back and I told my husband that's the last time I'm ever going to see my mother because I knew it yeah and then it became hard to have a relationship with other people who she has a relationship with. It just got too difficult. I, and I said, you know what? I'm not gonna even put up with any of this. I just I just couldn't do it anymore, Crushes. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Hope that makes a little bit of sense there. <laughs> it does um, make sense because so many people are kind of where you are. Now they're where you were prior to, you know, January 1st, 2016. Um, Some of them have just made the decision and they need to hear that. They need to hear that story. They need to hear that it can be done and that it will be difficult, but it's necessary. Um, That's what I don't think a lot of people get. It is not going to be easy. Right. It's not. It's not supposed to just be that easy. But you have to do what you need to maintain your your own peace. You're so, so right. People do nah. think it's easy. It has not been. Right. Going, not, going out,
1: no contact. First of all, it was it took me decades to even do to get the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you go through, yeah, you're free of a lot of the negativity, the bad things, the um, disrespect, the cruelty. Yeah, you're free from that. There's also a sadness that goes along with that because you no longer have contact with your mom. Mm -hmm. And and even though daughters like us are upset, um, mad about what happened, it's still saddening to us not to have the relationship we know we could have had or would have had if our moms would have treated us better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's really unfortunate. I'm just not happy that I had to do it. But I had no choice. I had absolutely no choice, and I wish it didn't have to be that way, but no contact has been the best decision I made, um, I'm certain, for um, our relationship. Mm
0: -hmm. And so you said it took decades, so it's safe to say that this behavior and and the way that she treated you and acted towards you was something that began in childhood.
1: Absolutely, Um, probably since I was six seven something like that Mm -hmm. um i yeah i that's you know she was my mom is weird because six and seven i noticed that there are just certain things that i noticed about her in terms of her relationship with other people that i thought was odd Mm -hmm. um especially even my father that that whole thing but i feel that when i got my period Mm -hmm. somewhere around there um 11, 12 or something. I remember my mom changing. Like I felt after that, I was constantly made to feel inadequate, never good enough, of course. But the older I got, like even from then to high school, I felt that she was competing with me or she was envious of me or because I was living this life that she and my dad provided. And she, you know, because I'm not strug- wasn't struggling like that like her, or I had a meal to eat unlike her back in the day. I don't know why she felt to make me pay for that, but um, I felt that that's when the jealousy start, and I feel like that's where the criticisms really got personal, and that's when I started really believing that my mother didn't like me. Like I, she, I just it, everything she did, everything she said, the way she treated me since then I've always felt like my mom hasn't liked me Mm -hmm. no matter what no matter what I do no matter what I say no matter how great it is she doesn't care now if she can take credit for it yeah she likes that but um but when we're alone and people aren't around that's when she's Mm -hmm. criticizing hey why why did you do that why did you do your hair like that I don't like it like that why did you put I don't like this um you don't know how to do this or um, you're gonna go to hell with um, this, that, and the other, and you know the Bible says this, then the other, and I don't know. It was just—it's always like that. My whole life has always been like that with her. Mm-hmm. Always, always, always.
0: Are you an only child?
1: No, actually, have three brothers. Okay. So that's what's interesting because I have three brothers, and um, I also went no contact with them, uh, my aunts everybody who had a relation with her hmm. that's why I didn't want any information to go back to her about me yeah okay. I never they will I know how my family works I don't want her doing her triangulation thing and talking to one person okay we'll find out this from her this that and the other well I made a clean break I, I made a clean break I'm like I don't want her knowing anything about me I don't want her to know anything happened in my life. I don't want her to know, you know, any momentous uh, moment, you know, mm-hmm. moments in my life that may have been important. I don't want her to know anything about that. So yeah, I've gone out of contact with her and my brothers, but I didn't go back, no contact with my rest of my family for a little while after I confronted my mom. And then that's when I realized I could not have a relationship with them and not have one with her. Um, so that's how
0: that ended up happening. And so she treated you differently than she yes. treated the brothers, right?
1: Right. Yeah. I always say that the, um, the biggest sexist and misogynist that I know is my mom. Wow, my whole life. She does not believe in empowering you as a woman for anything, you know? She just doesn't. The man's supposed to do this, that and the other. Um, you're supposed to do this, that, it, oh my goodness, it was horrible.
0: Wow.
1: And it got worse the older I got. It got worse the older I got. She does not like female. She doesn't like me being independent, doing well, those type of things. Um, and I just could not take that anymore. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't. And she's, she's real big on gender roles my whole life. So it, you can imagine, and she, and she uses the Bible to justify that, but so you know what kind of roles I was taking on and was made to take on. Mm-hmm. And I told her very, very uh, yeah, I think it was pretty early. I was nine, I said, I'm never gonna have kids. And I always knew that, cause I, you know, I love children, I love other people, um, who may decide to have um, children, I totally support them 100%. Mm -hmm. But when I said that, my mom was like, that's your job. Wow. You don't have a choice. God says this than other. And I would take, I was on birth show, oh my gosh, for like years and years. And she was always telling me I was gonna get cancer. I mean, it's just stuff she would speak. And I'm like, why would you tell your kids these things? You know, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And that's just how, that that's just how, that's just how she is.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mentioned when I discussed um, like the six different traits, like the little clues that you have like a gaslighting, narcissistic mom. And one of them was, if you think that your mom's jealous of you. And it's so funny because when I was researching and just reading and, and jotted down, all of the like evidence that your mother's jealous I knew I could think of women that treated their kids like that Mm -hmm. and I think it was the first time that I realized that there are so many people who probably see me advertise for my podcast and they're like what is she talking about you know I don't I'm not listening to anything that says unmothered and I'm But I know some people who are treated like that by their mothers, and they don't have a clue, they're just toxic. They don't don't even get it, you know, because who would think that your mother would be jealous of you? Like, why, you know? Why Why not proud? But, you know, it happens all the time, and so it seems like you were the scapegoat child, and they were the golden kids, your brothers. They didn't do anything wrong, and you were kinda the one that took the blame and the brunt of, you know, just being her, her punching bag. And I hate that that happened. Do you think that if you had a different relationship with your mother, if she treated you differently, do you think you would have wanted children or is it something you never wanted?
1: Um, actually something that I never wanted. Um, and yeah, I just always knew um, that not only did I, did I never want it, but I never envisioned that being my path. And you know, sometimes when you're younger, you envision like certain events and sure, I never, I never ever did. And it's weird because, yeah, like you're asking into my, my relationship with my mom, would I be, would it be better? But um, I may have decided to do it. Uh, uh, uh-uh, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. No, absolutely not. No, and no. I always resented the fact that she would not accept that. Right. You know, would, would not accept that. It it just always bothered me. Like, hey, I'm telling you, this is what I don't want. And She tries to push it on me, or criticize me for not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it, I don't I don't think so. I saw how my family was, and I don't know maybe it, that triggered something in me when I was younger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said never. I said I'm never
0: having kids. I, I, I asked that because I don't have kids. I'm 38. I don't have kids, but I I also. I'm not married. I don't, you know, have a, a boyfriend that I want to have because I'm not. If I, if I were to get pregnant right now without being married, it wouldn't devastate me at all. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not that. But I have always thought about being a mother. I think about being a mother all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, See, you know, yeah, yeah, That's I, what I you're do. Supposed to have, <laughs> right? I just, I, I do. But what I question is if I know how to do it. Because I didn't have a good example.
1: Right. You uh, would be awesome. Give me a break.
0: <laughs> You'd
1: be a great mom. Well,
0: thank you. I I do hear that a lot. But it does terrify me. Because I think that what I see and what I feel is that the, the impact that was left by me not being raised by my mother is so tremendous that it shows me exactly how important that job is. Right. And I just take it. You know, I'm not a mother now, but just even in thought, it's just such a huge undertaking, a major responsibility. And it just, it's a little terrifying. I mean, to be honest, but I definitely want to be a mother at this point. I don't know if I will have a child, but I will be adopting, um, at some point, uh, to give someone the chance to feel loved and to, you know, feel what they didn't have. So that's why. About about your kids. Do you notice anything else in your life, or are noticing any any other things that you think were like residuals of the relationship you had with your mom, the toxicity?
1: Oh wow! Um, every day,
0: mm-hmm. I feel
1: that. Yeah, it took me a while to realize the voice in my head was my mom's.
0: Oh, talk about it!
1: Yeah, the criticisms, the uh, everything. I it comes up often and it's like a it's horrible yes sometimes i feel if you're also a daughter who resembles your mom a lot Mm -hmm. you know you look in the mirror you know that that familiar face that someone else has that's kind of painful yeah you know but um like you said there are always residuals the negative talk in my head the negative self-talk um just how in terms, um, I deal with people. Um, I'm very cautious about their feelings and what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I do that because my mom was so careless with her words with me. Right. Right. But it would just, you know, throw things out there. So, I mean, that's a positive, uh, but yeah, definitely the negative self, um, self-talk, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, that self-talk is like a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, I just always hear, um, her voice telling me something, I'm going to go to hell or I'm doomed or, you know, all those types of things run through my head. Um, especially since she's, you know, she's very, very, um, religious. So, you know, son, I not an avid, um, church girl like her, Mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff makes me feel like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go to hell if I don't do this, that, and other. And, oh, it's just. Yeah. yeah so the that, residuals are in, are in my head. Yeah. that voice, those things she criticized me about, those things she put me down about those things she teased me about. Um, she always called me, oh, you're too sensitive. That's you terrible. know, mm-hmm. uh, when, I cry. I mean, that's another thing. It took me a long time to even cry because she would always make me feel bad for even doing that and calling me, you know, weak and Mm. stuff like that. So I think definitely she has an impact on my life because every day I'm working not to do what she did to me.
0: Right. Right. And to get out of that that thought process. I, I did not, my mother wasn't around, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing. She, you know, I know that right now we have our good times and our bad. And lately they've been more good times, but I will say that, you know, I didn't, she, she's, she's never, she's not a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Um, oh that's oh god that's a blessing right she doesn't you know um try to make me feel bad she's not jealous as a matter of fact she she sends our family members my podcast episodes and when they don't respond you know singing my praises she's cussing you know Mm -hmm. and I don't even want to she got a potty mouth but she so she's not um in competition or anything but I do know that um I felt for a very long time that my mother didn't love me. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I say a long time, I mean up until, you know, a couple years ago, and I'm 38, because Mm -hmm. I just didn't understand how someone who loved you could not care about where you were or who raised you, not care to know your whereabouts if you were dead or alive for years at a time. And even as an adult, I felt as if, she just apologized to me when I was, 38, like a couple of weeks ago, she's oh, always wow. made excuses and brought up how she was raised and how it, it, yeah, I know, but you don't know about what happened to me. And I would say to her, this is not really about you right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I want
0: to discuss you and I and how you not being around and, you know, blah, blah, how it affected my life. And she never wanted, she always wanted to place like one. And I do hear that she was raised a certain way and I know it has played a part but I wanted her to understand where I was coming from. So I didn't, I don't hear voices in my head like you do. I, I, not from her, but then mm-hmm. feeling like I was loved or a person who was worthy to be loved. Right. When people used to tell me that they loved me, I didn't believe them. Yeah. I they were being nice, like, oh, you know, that was cute. They said that. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe people. Mm-hmm. And the people who showed me they loved me over and over so the residuals they show themselves in different ways and you know right. in different people and and it's it's real that's <laughs> it right
1: and when you mention that in terms of um not believing people that is another residual that brought up another residual effect um my mom has had on me and that's trust it's mm-hmm. very hard for me to trust anybody mm-hmm. i distrust like practically everyone it's mm-hmm. ridiculous and i do that because I couldn't even trust my mom, and
0: then
1: and my father, and I—that I, my home was like never. I was never safe. I never felt that way, right? You know, and so I guess I try to create a home environment, you know, that all uh, create a place that I really want to be because I always, I always, always um, just dread being alone in the house with her, right. You know, I just dreaded that. So, yeah, that's another residual definitely you made me think of. And that's trust.
0: And I feel I'm i the same way. I, I, It's very hard because yeah. the person that you're supposed to trust the most, mm-hmm. the person that is supposed to be there for you and make sure that, you know, you have no doubt in your mind about their motives or their intentions for you, when you don't have the trust from them, when you don't trust them and they treat you uh, in a way that is distrustful and dishonest, you know, it's like, well, then what, who can I trust? You know, Um, I completely understand that. I, I'm really, really so happy to hear your story because it's similar to mine, it's a little it's but it's different. You were raised with your mom. I wasn't raised with my mom. But
1: mm-hmm. so we
0: still have some of the same symptoms. Yeah. We're still battling some of the same things. And that's what I would love for my audience to hear and to really understand is that it doesn't always look the same way.
1: Right. Right. It does I think you do a good job of that because that was another thing that kind of drew me to your podcast, the fact that you do have a relationship with your mother. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so unselfish of you to share and help when you're improving your own relationship with your mom yeah. um, and you are working you know, hard on that. I just thought it was really nice to have someone leading a podcast who actually is not only... You know, uh, survive your past, but is currently trying to make things work work with your mom. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. And you don't make people, and even though that's your story, those of us who decide to walk away, go no contact. You're supportive of that too, and I, that's what I really, really like about you know your show as well.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Now, I need to maybe I should make this clear because I had no contact for a long time. Okay. How many? How long did you go no contact? I did. Um, so, I guess I would say from the time that I was able to, let's see, because she really was no contact. I mean, let's mm-hmm. keep it all at 100. But I, I, I would say probably around 21 when I graduated from undergrad. Around that time, which was 2003, she um, began to try to reach out to have a relationship. Uh, and I just would not even acknowledge her. I mentioned that briefly in my in the faux forgiveness, but I just didn't acknowledge her presence. I mean, like, literally and figuratively. If she was in the room, if she was around, I just ignored her, and I did not speak to her. And um, she could not understand it, because I also have two, uh, well, you have three, but I have two bro- older brothers, and they, she didn't raise any either of them um, as well either, but she... To them, I don't know. They just could just kind of jump back like yeah. <laughs> it was nothing. And it just didn't hit me like that. Um, I'm different. And I also was just hurt and angry. Right. Uh, and I got sick of people telling me that that's your mother. You need-. I got sick of that. I've never, and I've always been vocal. So I've, I don't care if I was 19, I would tell them, you can miss me. I don't want to hear it. You know, you need to go talk to her about that. She's the one with three kids. I never let people uh, just try to spin it. Right. Um, um, but I I kind of just went no contact where I didn't talk to her, wouldn't accept her calls, wouldn't acknowledge her presence. Um, yeah, maybe you touched on that on an episode. Probably 10 years. It was probably about 10 years, to be honest. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm that- proud of you for at 21. Okay, my hat goes off to you. <laughs> if there's one thing I wish I had done back then is have more courage Mm. because you did that in your 20s so now you are getting older Mm -hmm. Um, I just turned 45 um you so you're you're re-establishing relationship you're trying to do that because you took care of it early on early on you confronted it the -hmm. problem with me is I waited till I was 40 and had a complete blowout of everything that ever happened to me Mm -hmm. that I resented Um, just came out all at once so I'm proud of you for confronting that early on because I think that helps that's helping you now yeah instead of um having to go no contact now you did it way earlier and you learned through it Mm -hmm. and you were successful
0: at it clearly so Mm -hmm. my hat goes off to you for that thank you I think that one thing I want people to hear in this episode and I've said it in other words is that one reason i was able to do that is because i was able to block out the noise of what other people said to me and and or you know i, I listened to myself and Preach. i put myself first and Preach. i knew that you no one could tell me the the time span i had to forgive her you know and right the way i needed to forgive her and what was going to happen to me and i just i didn't listen to that and I can't take complete responsibility for that. That's God put that in me. That's my personality. Gotcha. Um, but I do know that I was the only one, my brothers, my aunts. Um, I remember even my dad asked me once, when I graduated from undergrad, do you want to invite your mom? And I told him emphatically, I do not. And he knew not to ever ask me anything else about her, inviting her to anything um, because of my tone. And my dad is no nonsense. So we really didn't have that tone with him, you know, but he understood that that's how I felt because listen, no one's responsible for your peace except for you. Right. And so that is the nugget that I want everyone to take. You do things on your own time. What happened with you and your mom happened the way it was supposed to in the grand scheme. Um, and of course you wish that it would have happened earlier, but there were some things that happened that you learned that you went through with her during that time that you needed to experience that Definitely. you may need to use to help somebody else in the future. That's true. You're yeah. right about that. So, I'm, I'm just really proud of the fact that you're willing to talk out about it. And you've written these books to help uh, other women because thank I definitely you. have it in my car as soon as I get a check paid at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a teacher. We get paid once a month. <laughs> I'm on a tight budget. But, you know, I'm going to get both of them. And i um, read ready oh, thank just, you um, inspirational to me because, of course, I want to write books as well. Is there any nugget or anything else Do you have, anything coming up, anything you want to leave us with?
1: Oh, um, definitely um, the, those two books are out, um, but I am looking right now to start the process of authoring another one. So I am working on a third book, and it's also going to be for daughters and narcissistic mothers. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I'll make sure you get a copy.
0: Yes, and make sure, remember, we, we got a deal. Black Cat has, I'm going to say it on air, we're going to have this documented. She's going to walk me through the process. Of publishing my book as well yes so I can't I will wait keep it in contact uh, with you because I'm gonna need some assistance but I am going to do it okay um, awesome I, I can't wait yes yes thank you so much for your support um, it makes me feel like what I'm doing is so worth it it, it pushes me to keep doing it keep recording episodes uh, it, it just you're one person that has stepped out and is willing to be interviewed, and I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. Thank you so much.
1: No, thank you, Precious. I appreciate it so much. You are awesome, and I just thank you for allowing me to speak on your platform, and um, thank you so much for notifying your audience of my books. I'm really appreciative.
0: I will put the titles in the show notes, and what you want me to put your, what email? How can we contact you? Okay, it's right.
1: Um, W-R-I-T-E to Black Cat, B-L-A-C-K-C-A-T at Proton, P-R-O-N-T-O-N dot com. Oh, pr- I'm sorry. Is it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. And it's and the. Pro- no, no, it's ProtonMail.com. ProtonMail.com. Yeah. The number two. That's right. The number two. Write to Black Hat at ProtonMail.com.
0: I gotcha. I will have the book titles and your email address in the uh, show notes, guys. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for visiting and we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Thank you so much. I
1: appreciate it. You have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you.